and welcome to the Real Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Carrington, and I'm here with a guest today, and I'm excited because it'll be the first interview of 2021, and today I have the CEO of Krillbyte Studio. His name is Tobias. Tobias, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Carrington. It's nice to be here. I'm uh, glad. Yeah. I'm glad Live to take... Norway. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, we're, we're mainly best at our states. That's where our audience is based, usually uh, based here in the States as well. I'm glad you could take some time out of your day and we were able to work out somewhere for the time difference all the way from Norway. So glad, glad you can make it. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. So Tobias, I, you're here because your studio recently released a new game, Sunlight. And before we get into Sunlight, I would love to talk about you. Um, so what is your your history with, with games? Did you grow up with games? Is it something that um, you got into later on in life? What, what spurred on your love for video games to want to get involved in, in making games eventually? Right, yeah. Uh, no, um... Uh, I'm happy to talk about that. Um, I am 31 years old, so I was kind of raised. I grew up with uh, with video games in the in the 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. Grew up playing a lot of uh, point and click games, as well as yeah, the Nintendo games like Mario and and PlayStation and all that. But it's been like uh, my my love for video games is kind of uh based around like that is a kind of a storytelling medium and i think mm-hmm. it's much related to growing up with like the the point and click games like uh, my my favorite series there is broken sword made by revolution software uh, in the okay. uk but i like i love like day of the tentacle all, all those kind of all those lucas arts games are, are brilliant and uh yeah so so grew up in a small town close to um the capital of Norway, Oslo, and mm-hmm. it kind of had a had a home uh, computer from quite early age, uh, and then uh, got into like played games and got into university, uh, not thinking I could kind of do games. So I studied social science and then figure out like games is my passion. So I kind mm-hmm. of tried to. Uh, get back on the track uh, of of working with games there. So I did some research on the Norwegian games industry, which is quite small compared to our neighbors in in Sweden, Finland, and Denmark. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to kind of look into why it's it's like that. And through my uh, studies there, I got to know the Norwegian gaming industry, where I kind of interviewed like all the the um, companies and the CEOs. Mm-hmm. After that, got a job at a, as a project uh, manager on the Norwegian studio. And did did some some games, uh, mobile games there. But then uh, the big break came. I got a job at Revolution Software, who made all the Broken Sword games. So nice. I guess a couple of five years ago, just kind of moved from Oslo uh, to to York in the UK. And I got to make a sequel to one of my childhood favorite games. Uh, the game was called Beneath the Steel Sky, and I was working on Beyond the Steel Sky as a producer, and we, we uh, shipped that game uh, last summer. So that was kind of a dream come true, getting to uh, be involved in, in kind of one of my favorite gaming franchises. Uh, so 
did that, and but after the game was released, I wanted to move back to Oslo. Like my mm -hmm. my job there was done, and this was kind of yeah in the middle of the Corona situation. So gotcha. Like it's it's easier or it's as nice or it's better being home in Norway, stuck in home office rather than in a an apartment in 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 York away from from your family. So. Mm -hmm. Timing was good, and then I moved back to to Norway, and I was looking for for jobs. And I knew knew uh, Quillbyte very well from before. And when they said they were needing in need of um, someone to step in as, as CEO and replace the former one, I applied, and and the, kind of the rest is history. And um, joined Quillbyte in the middle of a lot of cool projects. One of them was Sunlight. <laughs> which I'm here to talk about. Indeed, indeed. Uh, you said quite a few things all in there that I wanted to kind of pick your brain about really quick. Because I, if I remember right, there is a game that I have played before that was made in, in uh, Oslo, Norway, and that was The Longest Journey. You said point-and-click adventure games were your oh, yeah. kind of your bread and butter. So have you... Is that... Is Longest Journey, have you been able to play that? Because I think that came out like the early 2000s, late 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you Completely right. Yeah, mm -hmm. the thing is, was that back in the day, uh, getting because as with Nor Norway's uh, industry being quite small, we mm -hmm. we get a lot of or not a lot, but it, we get some. There's some governmental schemes that funds projects, but mm -hmm. in the early 2000s, you had to make a Norwegian version of your video game to mm -hmm. be eligible for that those grants. So the longest journey came out. Uh, in Norwegian, and that was when I was quite uh, young. Couldn't I wasn't that familiar with the English language, so I ended gotcha. up playing that in Norwegian. And I really, really loved it. It was since they had to do it in Norwegian, they had like some of the most known Norwegian actors actually voicing it. It was quite oh. cool. But that means that I've never played the English version, so I gotcha. But that's that's one of my my favorite point and click adventure games. I definitely really like the uh, the original Longest Journey. It's really nice. I'm glad to hear. It. Yeah, I played that. Uh, even though it came out in like I said, like late '90s, early 2000s, that area. I mm. I remember playing it. I didn't play it till I was in college. So that was. Uh, I had a really good time. I, I love the story and the, and the art in it. Even though it's older now, I still think it's the art still holds up today because it's just, I know it's just amazing to to see someone like that. That, um, at least to me, it was a that story was just fantastic. Um, it was, it was, and uh, yeah. So one of the another uh, Turnquist who wrote the game, he he mm -hmm. after leaving Funcom, he started up his his uh, company called Red Thread Games. Okay. And he made a couple of uh, made a couple of sequels for for that that IP. So so there's still things being yeah. done with that that IP. I think it's called Dreamfall. So. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yes, it's called Dreamfall now. And I haven't got a chance to play. I own them. I just haven't got a chance to play Dreamfall yet. But mm. I've I've heard uh, pretty good things about it still, which I'm mm. I look forward to hopefully getting into someday. Yeah. Cool. Um. And then you said you moved to the UK. So when you made that move to the UK, um, was there a language barrier for you? Was there was it hard to kind of adjust, or was there any like culture shock or anything like that as well along with that? Yeah, I mean, like uh, there, uh, being Norwegian, you kind of you start learning English from very early age. So mm -hmm. kind of 
you you're very familiar with with the language but kind of speaking it on a day-to-day -day basis is mm -hmm. definitely kind of a transition uh, and i'm very happy of doing it because like i you end up thinking in english after a while which gotcha. really helps <laughs> just like how you fluent you can speak english uh, mm -hmm. uh and then culture wise i mean like norwegians are a bit reserved uh sure. and br the brits can be a bit more kind of i wouldn't say outspoken but like if you met brits in a uh, like british people in a bar you <laughs> you'll definitely hear them <laughs> um, <laughs> so so that might be but i mean like when when norwegians had too much as well in the bar you'll hear them too but i guess like yeah sure. we're quite similar in in some sense but you know like norwegians are quite like I guess like egalitarian, while as there's more history of uh, hierarchy and, and mm -hmm. kind of yeah stuff like that in the in the UK. But yeah, no, I think it was it was a great experience and kind of got to work with one of my childhood heroes, Charles Cecil, who's kind of head of Revolution Software. So mm -hmm. it was a great experience and got a lot of uh, nice acquaintances and and friends uh, there. So. It's, Good. Good time. I was gonna like touch on that for a quick second. You said you got to not only, well, you said first you got to you know make the sequel to a, a beloved game you you loved as a kid. So what was it like actually working on something that you kind of grew up with? Like what kind of experience was that? Um, and also getting to be around someone that created it, uh, your childhood hero, so to, uh, as well. Yeah, no, I that is that was really interesting for me. Like I've heard people uh, saying to me, like, yeah, you should, you should, <laughs> you should be careful getting to know your your heroes. But mm -hmm. in the kind of that that for me, it was just all a great experience. Uh, of course, like with the the game, uh, the original game Beneath the Still Sky that was released in, I think it was 1994 mm -hmm. when I was five years old, and I played through lot of it but i couldn't understand anything in the game because i couldn't english, i couldn't read english at that time but it mm -hmm. was there was a lot of things we had to deal with there because of course like uh how to say like the zeitgeist the the public uh, reception or or mm -hmm. or the like what a game is and, and and the stories and the jokes and the genders roles and all that stuff has changed a lot in those uh, 25 or somewhat years. So when we made a sequel, we really kind of had to uh, think of it as this couldn't be like we couldn't just continue the storyline of of beneath the still sky. We just kind of had to kind of think about okay, how does this fit into expectations and how society had changed since uh, since the mid 90s. So. So I think that was a challenge, but it was really mm -hmm. it was really fun, and and um, and it was that that team in, over in in uh, at Revolution. Uh, since the team is like they started out in the late '80s, that that's kind of a big mix of of uh, people with different ages age there. So mm -hmm. so that was very interesting, kind of seeing uh, gaming from different generations and and how you make a game and and what constitutes a good game that was a really interesting experience to be part of now was there any pressure working on beneath the steel sky like from your perspective like uh, you know you're working on a game that you loved as a kid now you get to actually work on something that you, you beloved was there any pressure like trying to make it as good as the what you had played uh, all those years ago 
Mm, yeah, definitely. And and there was like Revolution Software has a strong community, very kind of outspoken and passionate one. Mm -hmm. So definitely a lot of uh, expectations. And but we from the outset we said that we're not going to do like a, a, a kind of a two D pixel uh, art game that is just like a kind of direct uh, sequel to the to the original both in in style and gameplay we wanted to push this and make it feel a bit modern and and that kind of that helped a bit in, in kind of in that in dealing with these expectations because we knew already from the start that we were not going just going to kind of give the hardcore fans our some what they said they wanted like we just mm -hmm. want beneath still sky and just we want this to feel like the same and we said no we thought like no we have to do this in a in a way that fits with with how gaming has evolved since so so yeah we tried to kind of uh keep some parts of the original game like with the main character and and kind of have mm -hmm. like inside jokes that that the the hardcore fans would appreciate but also mm -hmm. make this accessible for new players that was kind of what we were aiming at sure yeah absolutely uh beyond steel sky wasn't uh, a game that i played growing up but I would. I think I might check out uh, the new one now, because um, it does sound really cool. Um, so with that, um, let's jump on over to you being the CEO of Krillbyte. Um, you came in in the middle of a project while they were making Sunlight. So were you a fan of Krillbyte before getting the job by chance? Yeah. No, definitely. Like okay. uh, the Norwegian game industry is quite small, and mm -hmm. everybody knows it each other and i'd met i met uh Krillbyte, uh many times before and i had mm -hmm. a kind of a good relationship with the uh, with young the who was the previous ceo uh, so i knew kind of the culture i knew the games they were doing and and yeah no i i like they they uh came up uh about 10 years ago in like the golden age of kickstarting and 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 indie game or indie team i would kind of uh ecosystem where like if you had like a really good idea and you were able to to sell it and then then kickstarting was a very very kind of good opportunity for for indie studios and mm -hmm. they struck gold with among the sleep like it was a big kind of it got a lot of attention the game came out and the fans loved it and the kind of that is not many ips like that coming from norway that that is that well known so so i definitely were a fan of, of krillbyte and uh it was very exciting to it was very exciting for me to get to, to join them because uh it's um, definitely kind of a strong culture and, and mm -hmm. vision within the whole team about wanting to push the boundaries of what the video game medium is. So that was really exciting. The, the one thing that stands out to me with Curlbyte, because I've only played two of their projects currently, and I'm, I haven't played Sunlight yet, but I will be playing it soon, um, which is like I've played The Plan and I've played Mosaic. And one thing I've noticed is that they really um, seems to strive on like narrative experiences. Um, so with that in mind, um, does Sunlight continue that uh, kind of philosophy that Krillbyte has built already, uh, being a very narrative-heavy experience? 
Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Like it was, mm -hmm. is uh, both uh, both the plan and and uh, and and sunlight are kind of their brainchilds of of mm -hmm. our one of our designers called uh, Aldrian, which is really talented. He's been at Trailbite since the beginning. Was involved in Among the Sleep as well, and. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he he's very into into reading. He's into poem uh, or poetry, philosophy, meditation, all mm -hmm. that. And I think like all his interests and all that kind of combined started the idea of of uh, of what of what eventually became uh, the concept for sunlight. And and kind okay. of we we were able to kind of we we had this. We wanted at least when I came in, like it was, the the uh, idea was just kind of don't think about like getting too much gameplay in in there. Just just go with the 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 core of the game, which is the the narrative, and mm -hmm. and and that this is kind of a uh, uh, reflection of humanity. And mm -hmm. since we knew that was the outset, like the hand hand painted visual styles. Uh, the the audio design, which is all kind of done from from done based on human voices, everything is kind of based on 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 kind of human I don't know creativity directly, and try to kind of not having it feel processed by machines. I mean, like that is mm -hmm. kind of um, is is easy to say and it, it but it's uh it's kind of at least that's what we wanted to achieve and uh, i really think we were able to execute on, on on that vision so it was a really fun experience and well i guess before we like get deeper in, in the sunlight a little bit here what how would you describe it um to someone who to our audience who's you know gonna go mm -hmm. what sunlight because uh, i i have seen the trailer for sunlight and it i love the art look like the art is what stood out to me right off the bat so how would you describe sunlight i would describe sunlight as an interactive storybook mm -hmm. that you listen to while you get to explore uh forest painting a painting of a forest okay and the two things there the combination of the two the interactive uh explorable forest and and the the kind of audio book slash medit uh now i'm getting now i'm describing it too, with too many words again but it's the it's the combination of of uh yeah of the kind of handcrafted uh visuals and and the the strong kind of narrative there that that is sunlight i guess and uh you kind of have to experience it because me retelling what i i what i personally believe it is isn't giving it justice i think it's uh, best to experience it yourself I, I these are the kind of games i i agree uh it's hard to you know convey uh when it's such a narrative heavy uh game to be like oh yeah you should play it too and you're gonna be like well why well you just gotta play it and and thankfully like it, the, the game itself is um not long it seems like within maybe 30 minutes to an hour so it does seem very digestible for anyone to just kind of pick up and play and experience it themselves mm. yeah no, uh, i think you're absolutely right there so it's, it's a short and sweet experience and and we 
we kind of wanted it we couldn't let it become too long either because mm -hmm. like it's we are in a territory which our this is my personal opinion that is it, it requires uh, some focus and attention from from the player and if we kept the player having uh kind of in the game with having not um giving too much variety in in kind of when it comes to gameplay i think we'd mm -hmm. lose a lot of uh gamers attention so we kind of had to find the sweet spot in terms of of length where we were able to kind of give uh a good narrative and a good uh experience and not having it feel like it's dragged out but kind of yeah basically finding a sweet spot in terms of length was important i i i could definitely see that um and with it being and so how did you guys decide to um like let i'm sorry my mind is moving faster than my mouth um when you jumped aboard uh to krillbite at that point was um was Sun already in development or did that happen after you you hopped on yeah no it was it was in mid development so so we were we were kind of working on some of the the gameplay systems and mm -hmm. we were kind of uh at what i started we were close to locking down the script for 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 the game Mm -hmm. And and then it was like we had all the pieces, uh, but we needed to really, really do a lot of iteration for it to all to come together in a nice way because we kind of want this to be like feel like it's like uninterrupted, like a flowing experience, kind of um, almost like even though I'm not super into yoga it's more like mm -hmm. if you are at this yoga session and you have this instructor that is it is kind of calm and collected and takes you through kind of the whole session and it all feels like it's like natural transitions between things and it's like a flowing mm -hmm. uh organic thing that that what we wanted to achieve so so a lot of iteration a lot of testing uh needed to be done to to get where we wanted to be but i, but mm -hmm. I think we made it us uh, from what i can tell i it, it's i can't wait to to play it um which we will be here soon and reviewing it on our show um but like the what jumped out to me the most was also like i said before was the art because um, it looks like mm -hmm. someone went and hand hand drew everything um was that something already decided upon when you jumped on or did that come later on development the, the that art style that look mm. so so the there was a lot of art tests before i came on mm -hmm. uh and and the both kind of doing it more traditional way with kind of uh yeah just crafting it in or uh, in most of it in zbrush and not mm -hmm. using uh vr tools but the the kind of as as is kind of Kind of a backbone reflex, or uh, not backbone. We call it like a yeah, a reflex, or or kind of it's, it's so uh, ingrained in in the krill by to want to ex experiment. So mm -hmm. like when there was, it came became evident that we could actually pull this off in in VR. Then the mm -hmm. team was super excited to try that, and and kind of I came in and just kind of had to give 
give it a go as well because I knew that there was some risk involved in 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 the plans, which was basically make all the art assets in VR. Uh, and of course, it has been done uh, probably by others before, but we we couldn't find in like good good examples of it. So, yeah, we just went to went to town with it, and and the artist drew all of it in in VR, and and could basically without too much processing just import it straight in into Unity, and and it again mm-hmm. so that was super fun. And it basically means that everything you see is actually kind of just drawn by hand and wow. uh, with little touch-up, uh, and that was that was quite cool. But of course, it it has its downsides when it comes to poly count and be able to optimize it because, like, if you do it the, the normal way, you can be able to kind of stay in control of that through the whole kind of process here is like okay let's try this and let's see how it ends up and uh deal with the the poly counts and the optimization later so that was very interesting experience but um and and i think it's something we would like to to explore in the future as well with other projects because Mm -hmm. it, it gets it gives the artist a much more intimate kind of uh input into the final the final uh state of the asset mm-hmm. so i i it looked like uh that could be a lot of fun to make and I, i'm glad you guys decided to hone in on that particular art style and um another thing that i found interesting with sunlight is that um with every download you uh, a tree gets planted. So, um, could you talk about that a little bit, like the decision to to make something like that? Because I think that is a wonderful, awesome idea. Mm. Um, so, how how did you guys go about exploring how to make sure that that happened? Yeah, no, that that is, and and since you you played mosaic and and mm-hmm. and uh, and you know familiar with with the plan and all that, like mm-hmm. these like societal questions and and kind of being socially engaged is is a part mm-hmm. of field bite like it's uh it was it's something that i think is to some degree a part of of all the games field bite has done so mm-hmm. so we when we were talking about sunlight and talking about like this game is about humanity but can also kind of be seen as kind of about environmentalism and kind of mm-hmm. and and nature and human as a whole there's a lot of ways to interpret it and we felt like it was quite natural for us to to wanted to see if there was some way that we could could um i wouldn't say give back but kind of partake in in mm-hmm. in ways that we could help help better the world uh well in in our case it was of course uh quite small contribution but it, we, we figure mm-hmm. out like if we if we partner up with with um with ecology that we knew had had done something similar with uh with alba um i don't know if you're familiar with the game alba wildlife adventures also on apple arcade but we we saw that okay. and we thought like okay that concept even though like it is we we pretty much just decided like that sounds great for us as well we were small companies so we can't like donate a huge sum but we could we could donate per per download that mm-hmm. and and then we kind of unashamedly just kind of 
ripped off that thing that they did and it we just wanted to contribute to 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 a good uh a good effort here so we saw that that was something we wanted to do as well and that we hope that that more uh other studios will do as well like it's uh it uh, selling a digital product that actually kind of uh includes like a physical uh contribution to the world if i mm-hmm. could put it like that <laughs> is 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 something that's quite interesting to us because like i i know this is a bit far fetched but growing up with the big uh game boxes in the 90s like mm-hmm. i remember games being something physical and and now at least for PC gaming, it's it's not anymore. So mm-hmm. kind of having something, even though it's tree planted in in Papua New Guinea or 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 wherever it's planted, it just feels like something is is physically. It it has this physical dimension to it. So that was kind of what we were thinking with it. I I really like that idea a lot, and I applaud it because it's something that I've you don't hear of companies doing um very often at least and it's just really cool to see something like that happening i i like i said i love the idea and um that's something i started telling people like hey if you buy sunlight you plant a tree um because i mean it's 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 a big thing and something that that all concerns uh most people and and i think Mm. that's i think that's a really awesome idea for you guys to do i i really enjoy that thank you you're very welcome The, the 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 what we hope to was able to to set up a way that like uh, enable an API so that every time mm-hmm. a game was downloaded like the, uh, the individual tree was planted and you kind of on on our campaign site with the individual username but uh, we we realized we ran into some uh, privacy issues there that we gotcha. didn't want to dwell into <laughs> so so but maybe next time around there's there's ways to do that but uh, we'll see. I hope you guys figure that out because I, I that would be really cool to kind of just say, hey, I planted that tree and to see its its growth through through the years. That would be yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys get that figured out. That'd be fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have any? Uh, I know this is fresh uh, as far as like sunlight just being released. Like I remember, like maybe like a week or so ago. Maybe it's been a few weeks actually. I think, um, but do you guys have something in store or in mind for for next project already? Yeah, definitely. We have a couple of projects uh, in the pipeline. Uh, it's too early to talk about them, sure, but sure. <laughs> what I can say is that like it's we're not kind of threading that far from our kind of path to put mm-hmm. it like that. It's uh, Krill Byte will continue doing Krill Byte stuff, I guess. That, that's all I can say. <laughs> but I mean, like, we, we are exploring. Like, we don't always want to explore, like, the most kind of niche uh, genres. Like, there is a lot fun to be had with, like, existing genres and, and kind of gameplay types. So so it's we will... Doing a bit of both, but I guess that mm-hmm. it's the mix between wanting to to experiment and 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 also kind of wanting to take a new spin on existing um, gameplay and genres. That's that's kind of where we want to land, I guess. Sure. The next game. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I I look forward to whatever the next project is. Mm-hmm. Now with Sun, I know it's right now. It's only available on on PC, but 
can we expect it in other places as well maybe like say a switch or, or, is, or is it just yeah, PC I, at the moment I can't of course I, I, I'm sorry but I can't <laughs> you're uh, fine say anything but we sure. are I, what I can say we are looking to to get, get the game into more players hands uh, sure. potentially on other platforms as well so so we, we are definitely looking into it Understood. I, I just had to ask, you know, I, I, yeah, I, know, I just... definitely. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a super valid question. And uh, yeah, no, we'd, we'd love to get it out on, on more platforms. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I won't, I won't bug you too much about it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, Tobias, uh, that's really a lot, all the questions I, I really had. I want to thank you for, for your time. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add or maybe something I, I didn't hit on that you would love to talk about before we head out? No, I think you had a lot of cool questions, and and like you would, I as fairly fresh CEO, uh, mm-hmm. I I do want to kind of um, like it would be you would get a lot more uh, I don't know philosophical uh, design uh, related answers from our <laughs> from my <laughs> game director, but I, sure. I tried my best. And uh, and it was really fun talking to you about about sunlight. You are very welcome. Anytime you want to come on the show, Tobias, you are welcome to come back. And if uh, maybe in the future we can have uh, maybe some of your your game designers on as well, I would love to talk to them more about sunlight once I uh, get through it. Because uh, like I said, I love Creobyte's previous uh, projects as well. So I look forward to getting my hands uh, getting through sunlight here very shortly. Right. No, we we really appreciate that, and uh, yeah, no, we'd be welcome to. We'd be no, sorry, we'd be happy to come back uh, on the show. That'll be really fun. Perfect, perfect. Well, Tobias, you have a a great uh, rest of your weekend, and I hope uh, stay warm over there in Norway. Because uh, we were talking before I hit it record that uh, it's much colder there than it is here. So stay warm and have a good weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Have a have Thank a you. weekend. Thank you for for uh, inviting me. You are very welcome.